This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Did you know that Wisconsin wins more national and international cheese awards than any other state or country? Learn more about Wisconsin's cheese-making history at wisconsincheese.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're ringing in the start of our fifth season with dispatches from Portland, Oregon's biggest food festival, Feast Portland. We're bringing you words of wisdom on launching a food business from food blogs. Most acquaintances from high school have now tried to start a food or fashion blog in some sense and quit very quickly afterwards. To ice cream shops. Every city you go to, the Salt and Straw is completely different than any other city. We'll bring you insights and anecdotes about the business of the business. We were like, cool, we're going to do this. We're going to try to raise $75,000 and we'll see what happens. And it was like the most gut-wrenching, miserable month. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Feast Meets West, the show tracing the stories behind your favorite Asian foods. I'm your host, Linda Liu. We are broadcasting live from Heritage Radio Network at Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Every episode, we dig deep on an aspect of Asian cuisine or culture by having a conversation with the passionate people from the world of Asian food. Today, we're speaking with Paul Chen of Fan Fried Rice and Leila Chen of Maya Bedstai on the topic of rice as a comfort food. It's really cool to see some of the parallels in what they're doing. They're both shop owners that specialize in a rice dish that pays respect to their heritage. For Paul, it's fried rice, and for Leila, it's congee. They're combining tradition and modernity on their respective menus, and they've both set up shop in Bedside, Brooklyn. Oh, and one last thing. Although they're not related, they do share the same last name, too. What a coincidence, guys. Yay. <laughs> um, welcome to the studio, Paul and Leila. All right. Thank Hi. You. Thank you so much for listening in. Yeah. So how did you guys um, like bump into, each other, bump into each other in the neighborhood, or how did that happen? Well, I'm always looking for Asian food. <laughs> and so when fried rice uh, came up, and actually one of my customers uh, came into the shop and told me about it. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh my God, I need to go and eat there. And so I went to eat um, Paul's pork chop at the fried rice, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, so tell me about your path to food, um, Paul or Layla. Specifically, your decision to focus on one specific rice dish. All right, let me first go first. So, yeah. So fried rice is actually very, very big in Taiwan. So, and that's where your family's from? Yeah, that's where I'm from too. So, so fried rice in Taiwan is actually like dumpling or ramen here. So there's from street vendor to like home cooking to fine dining and then fried rice everywhere. And then people light up for like famous fried rice joint, like everyone does here in New York. And even the government, they like through like competition to try to promote the rice because Taiwan is a very huge. big the price exporting country. Oh, okay. So like rice dishes is like huge in Taiwan and specific in fried rice is like such a good thing. Mm -hmm. 
And then when I first moved to New York and I tried to find the similar fried rice here and I actually couldn't find anything, I was surprised that fried rice is not even a culture here. So people just go to like Chinese takeout. Yeah, everyone eats it. Everyone yeah. is aware of the dish. Yeah, but no one but really no, paid attention. No, yeah, not in the sense of like it being a quality food or anything like that. Yeah, that's, so that's why I tried. So that's why I thought, okay, yeah, I see the There's a gap. opportunity, yes. And what were you doing um, before this? Oh. <laughs> so I moved to New York for to advance my career in fashion. In and fashion, yes, wow. Uh, yeah, okay. I went, fashion I went, and fried rice. I went to school in UK for fashion, so I worked for a few designers, and then I do all the business extending mm -hmm. in Asia or like cross globally, mm -hmm. and then that's where I get all the business idea about yeah. how to really expand to a new business I or see. Like the business operations aspect yes and then one day i feel like mm, i'm ready to do my own stuff yeah and then i always joking about oh we don't have good fried rice in new york i want to open one one day and then yeah the two ideas cross each other say okay that's me right now i can do fried yeah. rice on my own so that's why you made the dream come true yes what about you Layla? what's your path to food my path to food has always been kind of a subconscious thing. Um, you know, of course, I grew up around food and my dad was a cook growing up. So I never really, you know, thought that food would be my career path because mm -hmm. it was always like, you know, go to school and <laughs> work in the office. You know? Right. That's the goal of... Uh, right. The, uh, the American dream, you right, know. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, rice is it's just uh, it's a great staple, you know, that... I um, I never thought, yeah, that I would do kanji. Mm -hmm. I just, but now it makes so much sense in my life because it's come full circle in that way. Um, yeah, it's, I yeah, I love what I'm doing now. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you weren't in food before either, then. No, I w I was definitely working in an office. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I I uh, you know spent the last you know all my career life in uh working uh shuffling papers and right. um i was also kind of in fashion you know i was mm -hmm. in adidas for uh like two and a half years mm -hmm. um in their fashion group but uh business related operations and things like that so um yeah it just it just came into my path like i needed to do something different um after having a child mm -hmm. and uh, that was when it kind of you know, like kind of push me to yeah. find, you know, what I really love rather mm -hmm. than just like what the ideal is, you know, in the, in, you know, what your, your career is supposed to be. Oh, that's so meaningful. Yeah. Having your daughter kind of push you to like rethink what is the most meaningful aspect. Right. Because and, yeah, you have yeah. to be like the best role model. Oh, like that's yeah. what I, what, what I was, uh, you know, had in mind. I was like, well, you know, I need to inspire mm. my daughter rather than do what I was doing because I wasn't happy. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You want her to see your passion, your joy yes, every day at every work. Every day and come to work like wanting to do that's what I great. want to do. Yes. And so were you also like Paul where you saw a gap in the market for kanji or like quality kanji or the way you make it? How did you decide on the kanji item? The kanji item was definitely uh, a coincidence, you know, after me following uh, Scratch Bread, uh, Matthew Tilden 
you know, I've always been a fan of his food, and I, you know, stu stood at his window, and he's been a great inspiration for me uh, in terms of like having this like amazing comfort food. Mm. Um, and so I, he's a bedside fixture. Yes, he's a bedside okay. fixture, and people stood in line for his food, and as um, I did, uh -huh. and. I uh, I reached out to him. I said, "Hey, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing your store anymore and your crits? I miss it." Mm. And uh, you know, we we had some conversations, and he was like, "You know what? Kanji is like grits." I was like, "No, it's not." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with some you know a lot of conversations and convincing, uh, I I uh, I love kanji. You know, I growing. I just didn't know if other people would love it, honestly. Mm -hmm. And it made sense it makes perfect sense now but you know having uh make that decision to do kanji as my main base at, mm -hmm. at a, a small shop like i where i am in bed-stuy brooklyn where you know asian is probably like five percent it was a big move for me you know uh, mm -hmm. i don't know if i was filling a gap but i was definitely just chasing a dream yeah yeah um and you took over the bedside provision space. Yes, it was an existing space uh, with an existing menu. Mm. I wanted some training wheels per I se, see. you know, to just kind of see what it's like to be in the food industry. I had no real prior experience rather other than just like loving to cook and uh, hearing my dad, like, you know, and his mm -hmm. inspirations growing up. Uh, it was second nature to me, but it was never like, oh, I'm going to you know, cook or run a restaurant or a crepe. Um, so in that sense, uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, unexpected. <laughs> yeah, and Paul, did you um, see other um, interpretations of like fried rice around the neighborhood and where you are, or you're kind of like the first um, in that block? I think we're pretty unique. Yeah. Even in the whole New York City. Mm. Yeah. I don't think anyone like really do fried rice as like a, you guys like a do. center like piece. Mm -hmm. And um, what's your uh, relationship with um, fried rice and kanji growing up? Did you guys eat it at home? It, well, Paul, it sounds like there were so many amazing fried rice joints around Taiwan. Do you eat it more as like a thing when you go out? Yes. Or both, I guess. Okay, so, so to begin with, yeah. my true relationship with mm. fried rice, it's definitely the love of family. Because mm. I always remember when I growing up to uh, visit my grandparents, and then my grandmom always cook us fried pork chop and fried rice. I think that's really deep down in my brand as a seed that like fried rice and pork chop is good memory. Yeah, it because means family. It means family is I good, see. and then because we only to see her pretty much twice a year mm. so i think that's the whole fried rice to start in my life and then growing up in taiwan and then the key to fried rice actually you need to go eat outside to get good fried rice because you need the high like btu the power to the walk to make oh, the, fried the rice. temperature yeah the okay, temperature is the key the and professional equipment yeah the commercial that? scale oh. to make a restaurant standard fried rice ah. so like you can cook at home to like pretty good fried rice, but we actually to go out to eat to chase the the wok aroma, the mm. wok heat, that's yes. how we call oh, it. I like yes. that, wok heat. Yeah, yes. so that's the key to fried rice. That's the magic, yes. Yeah. Um, what about you, Layla? Did you have kanji more at home or was it something you ate out? 
It's definitely、uh, something that you can make at home.、Uh, we, I definitely ate kanji more at home、um, than any other place. Of course, I have a little bowl of dim sum if I want to.、Uh, but it's certainly something that、uh, you know, anyone can make.、Uh, but it takes time and it takes like,、uh, just like love you know, to put into it. And, And it's just like making a tomato sauce. You just have to kind of like wait the whole day, you know, and, and, and then you get this like a、uh, big bountiful of, you know, pot of kanji that you can have for the rest of the week, really. <laughs> But yeah, to me, definitely it's a comfort food.、Um, I had it when I was sick. I have it when it was just like, oh, yeah, you know, even leftover turkey for Thanksgiving. Yes, it's beautiful. I love Put that the、version. whole carcass in, <laughs> in kanji and just like boil it for hours and. You know, and then you put whatever toppings you want on it. So it's, it's something that I, you know, having even like the, the duck eggs in it, the, the preserved duck eggs, like, is like a craving. So I would often make it at home just so I can eat the duck egg. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's very comfort food for me.、Yeah. I, 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 it gives me nostalgia, like the being like in my mom's house. Like, I see. Yeah. Her make it.、Um, for both of what you guys are cooking,、um, to me, it sounds so versatile. Like, you can really make it your own,、mm. different versions, whatever、yes. um, ingredients you're craving.、Um, there's also traditional takes on it, of course.、Um, and then also that you can eat it like any time of the day. Yes, <laughs> it's so friendly. And、um, so, how did you guys come up with the specific variations on your menu?、Um, could you talk a little bit about? Um, what your menu looks like, what's kind of traditional, and what you've put a spin on. Okay, so for us, so actually, very, to start with, we try to really introduce this Taiwanese style fried rice to New York. So that's why we try to, to begin, we try to keep a very traditional st- styles, but also we feel like, oh, this is the best style, and then we're、mm-hmm. in New York, and everyone's so. Open to new things, so that's why we review all the ingredients, how we can be localized as well.、Mm-hmm. So, to our menu, you can see pretty much 60% they are Taiwanese, very pretty much traditional,、mm-hmm. authentic flavors. Another 40% will we use the traditional wok skills,、mm-hmm. but we use local ingredients like pastrami, chorizo, or like the very the Euro meats. Yeah, so, we、yeah. try and then combine with some. Western and Eastern spices, so、mm-hmm. we create our own version of fried rice, which is very New York or very fan fried rice. That's really great.、Um, and、uh, what are some of the, the、um, traditional examples that you, more traditional examples? Okay, so、have? like popcorn chicken, we、mm-hmm. serve it as 100% as tradition as in Taiwan, because、yeah. that's the dish we don't want to mess up and then we don't even dare to create our own version. <laughs> Because popcorn chicken is like the god of street food in Taiwan. The god of street food, yes. <laughs> I love that. So, the, and then、yeah. the pork chop fried rice, we, the way we do the pork chop and fried rice actually very true to the way we do in Taiwan, but、mm-hmm. we use arugula to replace the, the pickle mustard green. I see, a localized version. Localized also,、yeah. we feel like it's more fun.、Mm-hmm. And then when people see it, it's, oh, it's something they are familiar with rather than. Because in Best Style, we actually have a mixed、uh, clientele.、So mm-hmm. Everyone is familiar with Master Green.、Mm-hmm. So, what we don't want to scare 
Yeah, a, l- a little bit familiar, a little bit new. Yes. I see. Cool mixture. Yeah, so for me, I think exactly, you know, in that sense of familiarity is very important, you know, uh, thinking about your clientele, your community, like the neighborhood you're in, the kind of customers that you want to come in and the kind of customers you want to attract. So, you know, I do definitely are very conscious about um, what I put on the menu in terms of what's traditionally accepted and then what's new and modern and, you know, quote unquote hipster, you know, and what's on trend. So uh, today there's like such a modern diet, you know, everybody has there's kind of uh, restrictions. And so I definitely keep that in mind. Uh, so for me, I the traditions I do keep definitely is the preserved duck egg, thousand euro eggs. It's beautiful, it's wonderful. It's like the perfect kanji topping that you'll ever need. <laughs> uh, in addition to that, you know, <laughs> then we have, uh, you know, something as simple as like salads that are like a broccoli raw, you know, with garlic and lime juice. And then we have, pork that's like stewed and and what we do try to do is incorporate like the uh the base you know our base is ginger and garlic which is very asian and then a little hint of spice which we put jalapeno and so with that base we use that in our chicken we use that in our pork we use that in our oxtail our mapo tofu and with that base then we then add like you know other seasonings like if you want, may like oyster sauce or Shaoxing wine, mm. uh, soy sauce, uh, you know, rice vinegar, you know, all these other elements that kind of bring up the flavors of each individ- individual dish. So it's, you know, in traditional wise, like, you know, there are only a few things I have kept because even our kanji is very modern twist on it. And it's very trend in that sense of what our diet is and what modern, uh, you know, society is, you know, we're very uh, kind of, conscious of what we eat and even in Chinese culture we're now eating rice with millet or with brown rice now mm. not just traditional white rice it's a rice. global trend yes global trend even my mom is doing that I'm like why are you going <laughs> eat white rice anymore <laughs> so for me to update it in a sense the kanji is now our kanji is with brown rice it has quinoa it has white rice and mm-hmm. on top of that we also uh, cook it with shiitake mushrooms we have dates in it Mm -hmm. you know we have ginger in it so all these little aromas kind of bring out and like kind of lift the flavors of what a traditional uh white rice kanji is yeah that's really cool yeah um so. so what is your favorite thing on your menu right now uh for me the chicken shiitake has been kind of on my mind you know i love everything i wouldn't serve anything that i don't wouldn't personally eat or love or I would, you know, make sure that it is at that quality. But the chicken is like on my mind. <laughs> when I eat it, I'm like, ooh, this is good. <laughs> so yeah. Good job. <laughs> right, I've had my own shoulders. Yeah. What about you, Paul? What's it's definitely your the pork chop fried rice. Uh-huh. Yes. The classic. The classic oh. one is yes. like the king. And mm-hmm. then when you have this like very big piece of deep fried pork chop, <laughs> the fried rice with arugula, that's like the perfect pairing. Like for you. I agree. In your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you do seasonal specials Yeah, we too. do seasonal specials, okay, and right now we're doing yeah. spicy mango shrimp and basil chicken. So these are actually two new flavors, mm-hmm. I would say, in fried rice board. So we mm-hmm. actually took... So like the way we, when we create new menus or new dishes, we always look into the traditional dishes and then try whatever we like, and then we take some elements 
front end and then recreate to our own version. And then spicy mango shrimps actually, I'm a big fan of Mexican food. And then ah, I, see. That's I love where those spicy mango, like on the street vendors. Yeah. Okay. And then I always, when I see a like little store, like I will go for those, like ladies say they're one of those. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it so much. It's like, oh, how could I convert, transfer this to my favorite things and to another things? So I said, all right, I said, we just try different seasoning and then came out with pretty spicy mango shrimp. So it's both spicy from, spiciness from this, like the spicy powders mm-hmm. and sweetness from the mango combined together and you have this umami from the shrimp. So mm-hmm. it actually works really well. That's really cool. You're capturing a, like a very specific New York moment there too. Yes. Um, and... Uh, could you walk us through how you guys make your fried rice and kanji? Uh, I could start first. Uh, you know, we we are uh, quote unquote uh, fast casual. Mm-hmm. So you know, a, a normal pot of kanji would probably take like you know two to three hours in slow simmer. But we do use a pressure cooker to speed up the process to keep up with the demand mm-hmm. of a daily. And so uh, that's that's what we use to cook um, our kanji. And uh, you know, pretty much we just we have a recipe is down to the perfect ratio mm-hmm. of uh, grains versus water and spices and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And, and we really just close the lid and let, <laughs> let it go. Simmer. <laughs> yeah. Let it go. It takes about an hour. Yeah. And, yeah, and then afterwards, comes, you yeah, put the we, toppings on top. Yes, and, we, and and of course we let it sit for a little while just to kind of absorb all the liquids, and then and then we use that as our base, a mm-hmm. rice base. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and what's the wok heat power like at Fan Fried Rice? <laughs> oh, it's pretty oh. hard. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to be there during the summer. <laughs> <laughs> or on a day like today. Oh so, my god, yeah. 90s. Oh, yes. Okay. We pretty much like the way you you make countries. Oh, it's always about how do you cook rice mm. you have to get the right person to cook the texture you want and then if we mess up and then we have to redo it again that's the whole key once we have good rice actually everything's ready to go and then to cook good fried rice actually to, to us we don't really think it's cook cook fried rice it's actually really like assembling so you have to pre-cook or prepare everything separately once you're ready and then yeah. you just pretty much through everything in orders and then you use this high heat kind of to meld them together mm, the flavors and to create this aroma and then once it so like we cook our fried rice every dish is only takes less than two minutes wow so the actual cooking part yeah, or the on the wok because the, 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 the heat the, the heat of the wok is crazy yeah and so do you steam your rice first we use uh, rice cookers. A rice cooker, yes. yes, rice cooker. And where do you um, get your rice from? Is it from Taiwan? Okay, that's or? very that's secret. But I'm happy to share my <laughs> secret about how to make good fried rice in New York or in the states. So, okay, long story short, in Taiwan we use this called Taiwan Number no. Nine rice. So it's actually kind of a hybrid between Chinese rice and Japanese rice. So it's very new, very unique and authentic in Taiwan and uh-huh. then people eat love to eat those rice number nine but here it's impossible to get rice to import to New York uh, state because like California we have our own rice farmers so mm-hmm. that's why when I before I opened the restaurant and I have tried different rice and then we actually find out finally we 
come out with we blend different rices oh, and blending then, yeah it. with different yeah. type of rice we take some of um, Chinese rice some Japanese rice different brand and we try and then finally we reach this level of different rice and then use rice cooker and then we also then we try different the like, level of the water and then put all these things different together rice cookers you, different yeah, exactly, everything yes. like a science experiment yes I wow. was really struggling with that, <laughs> and I fight with my chef all the time because they say, "Oh, this is too hot," and like everyone has different preference. Yeah, and now you found the perfect formula. Yes, correct. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Pretty happy. Um, what are some tips and tricks you can share with our listeners if they want to make good fried rice or congee at home? So you know, with for congee, I think you know time is you know your essence of. You know, like any food, uh, time and love that you you know put into it. Uh, I would say you know, kanji is very forgivable. You know, if you have too much water, just boil it for longer. Yeah. If okay. you have too much rice, add a little more water, and uh, you know, you, but you have to check on it. Yeah. Just check on it, stir it a bit. Uh, I, I you you have to uh put like a, a lid over it but then not fully cover it you know you want to hear it <laughs> you want, yeah you kind of want to be close to it you know okay. and, and and keep an eye on it i think you know love creates great food and that's really the bottom line mm-hmm. you have to be present to what you're making um it's super easy and once you make it one time then you have your own preference of what you yeah, you sure. the way that you want it you know maybe you want it more soupy today maybe you want it more thick and so that's something that you can play with, but be aware of, you know, how much you're putting in it and then taking notes. Uh, food is so fun and, and, and forgivable and, and great that way, you know, and so have fun with it, really. Uh, again, uh, Thanksgiving's coming up, you know, save that turkey carcass. Yes. It's going to be so good. <laughs> Just use that. Okay, for fried rice, so there's a little tip to help you to cook it good rice for fried rice Mm -hmm. so when you cook rice try to use less water and then you put maybe one or two spoons oil Mm -hmm. in the rice when you cook in Mm -hmm. the rice cooker so when they will come out pretty nice and like separate like granny oh so like all the separate granules i I noticed that at your shop like each grain really stood out on its own you put a little bit oil before and then before you really put your rice in the pan when you try to do it Try to separate the rice mm-hmm. before you put it in the pan or wok. Yeah, and you want your wok or skillet or pan to be as hot as possible. Is that? That's for commercial mm-hmm. use. If you cooking at home, just grab a nonstick pan. Mm-hmm. That's the key. I see. Yes. Okay, making it easy for us. Yes, um. I, I use nonstick. <laughs> I have no chef to use that at all. That's great. Um, All right, we'll take a really quick break and we'll be right back with more Feast Meets West. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Wisconsin has storied cheese history that begins with Swiss, German, and Italian settlers in the 1800s and continues today with nonstop innovation and award-winning artisanship. Wisconsin was the first state to establish cheese-grade standards and the first to require that every cheese plant be overseen by a licensed cheesemaker. It is the only place outside of Europe where one can pursue an elite master cheesemaker certification. All of this helps Wisconsin Cheese win more national and international cheese awards than any other state or country. 
Take, for example, Decatur Swiss Cheese Co-op, who have made cheese since the 1940s. Steve Stetler is a Wisconsin master cheesemaker who developed several new cheeses for the co-op, including a European-style Havarti, a Swiss lace cheese called Stetler Swiss, and a Colby Swiss marbled cheese. His cheeses have won awards at the Wisconsin State Fair and the World Championship Cheese Contest. To learn more about Wisconsin's award-winning cheesemakers, visit wisconsincheese.com. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Jenna Liut, and I'm the host of Eating Matters here on HRN. Join me as I talk to food systems experts about the issues that shape our experiences of buying, cooking, and eating food. You can find Eating Matters wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Feast Meets West. Um, so how did you guys decide to open up your shops in Bed-Stuy? Well, I live in Bed-Stuy um, for the past six years now. And when I was looking for a shop, I definitely only looked in Bed-Stuy. I wanted to, you know, kind of build my own community up. It's where I live, where I shop, where I play, where mm-hmm. I drink. Like, it's just really a comfortable kind of like welcoming space for me that mm-hmm. which I made my home yeah. you know literally so uh, yeah my, and my sister's been in Best Eye for like 20 years wow <laughs> have you guys and, um, seen the neighborhood change oh 100% yeah it, it's been amazing and it's also been like super organic mm-hmm. um, in a way that like I feel like people really respect the neighborhood in a sense that you know, they don't try to intrude or try to... I mean, of course, it's gentrification and all that, but it, it's also very, like, aware. You know, people are aware of things and try to offer things that are kind of culturally acceptable, international. Mm-hmm. And I think the neighborhood itself, like, uh, you know, really kind of welcomes that. As long as you're coming through, you know, with uh, genuine intentions, uh, Besta is really an amazing neighborhood, very respectable, res- respectful and uh, I, I love living here. People are just real. That's great. Yeah. How did you decide on that style, Paul? So my story is not romantic at all. <laughs> so it's really about business. Mm. So when we're about to choose the location, of course, we always look for the primary, like East Village or Midtown, Williamsburg. Sure. But to us, it's like the very first business we want to try out. So we wasn't really sure. So we tried to figure out to find the rather cheaper rent place and the best is actually right there it's like still affordable and then the clientele there is actually a mix of different crowd mm. which is perfect for us because we want to bring this new concept from taiwan the flowers culture to new york and we want to see the feedback from everyone it's not yeah, like all types Asian, of people yeah. like we have younger generation have right. all residents from best Eye. we have students from press schools it's mm, very international mm-hmm. So that's give us a very good data. Data us. sets. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, what's your clientele like, Maya? Is that also, at Maya, is that also, like, very diverse? Yeah, it's very diverse. Uh, you know, of course, it's still, you know, for someone to... I think fried rice is definitely, like, more... Um, easier to like oh yeah you know you heard it many times but kanji is still like very adventurous for many people uh we we definitely try to sell you know that as you know as as a uh food that they can kind of accept but of course texture is like something that either you you love it or you don't and uh yeah it's just 
in Vesta, I think our clientele is it is diverse, but it, it, you have to be kind of a food lover, a food adventurer, you know, uh, in order to like want kanji. And then once you discover it, like you're diehard, like want <laughs> yeah. all the time. <laughs> and <laughs> like, you have uh, um, locals that are coming in frequently, some regulars now. Uh, we you definitely have a lot of regulars, you know. Uh, uh, and I love them for what they, you know, how they support us, and I think it's like wonderful. Uh, I, th- one of the things I do do, and I keep in mind is price point. You know, mm-hmm. we live in Brooklyn mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. I, I moved to Brooklyn for a reason. Uh, you know, that reason still exists. I want it to continue existing uh, through the gentrification. Uh, so yes, we have students from Pratt as well who travel to to Gates and Tompkins. Cool. Uh, we have some neighborhood people. We have people from other neighborhoods come, who, you know, craving for something different, or you know, just want a food adventure that you know they can Instagram or something, you know, that that makes them you know feel like they're during their New York uh, journey in Brooklyn. Uh, in terms of, yeah, I I I would love to further diversify my menu in terms mm. of attracting more neighborhood people uh, in, ter- in in that sense that like you know I just I just started uh, oxtail which is you know uh, Caribbean style in that sense yes. and so I want to pay tribute to my own neighborhood in that way yeah that sounds great um, and I think I saw on your Instagram one of your customers brought in his own bowl or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yes, what a friendly <laughs> gesture. Yes, it's really awesome. He's not the only one, which <laughs> <laughs> which I love, you know, being in... That's why I said that side is so real. Like, people just... We accept whoever and everywhere, like anyone who... who where, the way that they are and the, the way that they want to contribute, you know, Yeah, and, to and, and enjoy the food. Yes, exactly. That's really great. And do you listen to the feedback of your community? Are there examples of certain customer requests that you've actually integrated into your menu? Oh, yes. I, we, le- we actually learned a big lesson from our customer. Oh, what was that? All right. So in the beginning, the first like three months, we actually didn't have any chicken fried rice dish yet at all. Because mm. like growing up in Taiwan, chicken is considered not like... Not as popular. It's, it's eatable, but it's not considered as a prime meat. Or mm. Not as eat. flavorful as like no, a beef yeah. or a pork. But here it's like American, we yes. love chicken <laughs> right? here. So so customer coming, ask chicken fried rice all the time. All so, the time, oh my god. So one day I was like, all right, I give up. So then <laughs> you we get put, your chicken. <laughs> yeah, we put chicken fried rice on the menu and then it got so popular. And then we, then then we start to do like different versions of chicken fries. Now we have basil chicken fried rice. It's sesame yeah. oyo chicken fried mm-hmm. rice, and people love it. And, and then we, I think chicken fries is like the most popular dish or mm-hmm. meats on our menu right now. Yeah, that's why we learned. It's a two-way relationship. That's yes. really cool. Yeah, typically I hate it, but now I <laughs> embrace it and I love it. 100%. Yeah, especially if it's like the number one hot-selling exactly, item too. Yeah. It tastes good too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a similar path. You know, I I only wanted one meat. I mean, I have a very small shop, so I wanted one meat, uh, one seafood, one vegan vegetable dish. Mm-hmm. And so I was always kind of fighting to add on more meat because I didn't, you know, have the facility and the, you know, I just didn't want to deal with. Uh, you know, extra uh, add-ons on my menu given my space, but uh, I have to say I have no regrets adding chicken (laughs) to my menu. (laughs) It's also selling. It's very good selling, and I love it myself. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The chicken with the shiitake mushrooms. Yes, 
it's very good. <laughs> um, and what's it like uh, being in Bed-Stuy, um, yeah, as an Asian restaurant? There's not too many of them, right? No. Okay. That's true, yes. Yeah, so you're kind of in a, a pioneering um, wave. Yes. We're pretty proud of what we be making right now. So yeah. it's like people know there's a fried rice place, um, Decalb, and then... Yep. Yeah, and the and the news spreads and it's not like a a challenge. It's no, more yeah. like a so for, neighborhood we, gift. We're pretty, we're pretty lucky. Like yeah. we have an easy star. People actually uh -huh. like fried rice. They come in. They enjoy the the food. And then I think also because we really pay attention on customer service, mm, we try to remember cool. like all our regulars' names. So they mm -hmm. come in. They will hang out. They share their story. When they travel, they will tell us, oh, you won't see me in two weeks. You won't go into this year there. And oh, that's see you in so two cute. Weeks. So we've sometimes, I feel like I'm working a barber because like, I have to like, keep them, like, you know, personal life. Yeah. yeah so, they really like building that relationship yeah. with you. I think you. that's really important for like best I like a community. I see. Uh, neighborhood. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yes. People love to connect, you know, and there's so many creatives, you know, who are very, very down to earth and they love to like get inspiration, you know, from somebody who's doing fried rice and congee, which is like unheard of, you know, in a neighborhood like Best Eye, which I think people admired and like for that bold step, you know, into to kind of this foreign land. Uh, but I, I never... I uh, thought there was so much, uh, you know, appreciation for it. So I'm very grateful. Yeah, that's yes. really cool. And um, do you apply anything from your past careers to what you're doing now? Oh, yes, definitely. So like having this fashion background. Yeah. So when we're doing like runway or preparing any like a new collection, <laughs> it's always perfectionist on the answer. Perfection, right. So that's also I'm struggling every day in mm -hmm. the restaurant. I try to make everything perfect, mm -hmm. which is you're almost striving impossible. for that high yeah, standard. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, that's why we strive the high standard. Mm -hmm. Even we reach say eighty percent, but we still eighty percent good. Yeah. So I think that's definitely give me the background from fashion. Give me the strength. Always chase for perfection. Mm -hmm. And and instilling that to the rest of your team. Yes. Uh, one of the, you know, I think most, uh, uh, the biggest advantage, I suppose, of being in like a business, from co coming from a business background yeah. is definitely like, <laughs> unfortunately, the the unglamorous parts, which is the business parts, uh, accounting, costing, budgeting, all those things like that I, uh, you know, learned from business school and learning from different establishments um, through my years of like being in an office I, I definitely am thankful to have those things at the forefront of my head yeah <laughs> because uh, that's what makes business grow and that's what makes any business survive you know yeah, you're and, being realistic about yes it. yes and the, and the natural passion that comes from eating you know it's like that's the easy part <laughs> <laughs> cooking is easy yeah well yes and purchasing is no. not fun <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Um, so what's next for your store? How long have you guys been open now? Again? Um, I've uh, been at my shop for two years, yeah. although the shop's been around for four years. Right. Uh, yeah, next step, I, I, you know, I don't know all of it, but I am maybe, you know, quote unquote again, like growing up in a sense mm. that I maybe do want to sit down, you know, uh, space someday, someday soon, or maybe not, or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's in my head. It's, it's something that I feel like would 
take kanji to the next level. That's you know, so of, of being comfort food and also putting in an, a map that's like, you know what, it's not only fast casual, it's it could be fine, not fine dining, but like, you know, casual sit dining. Down yeah, sit with, down with, with drink pairings. Yes, and, and the, uh, f- uh, proper ceramics and silverware, I think is an experience. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah, I, I would love to have that. You know, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Would you have other things on your menu or again, just like the uh, focus on kanji? Uh, I would definitely, uh, as a main dish, only focus on kanji with different toppings. Of course, like appetizers-wise, that's all fun and play right now. Yeah. You know, it could be yeah. anything, and that's the things that I would look forward to creating. Cool. Yeah, I hope I get to see that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for us, we are a year and a half old now. Yeah. And then, like, when we first launched this project, we actually already aiming to open different locations. You had the vision we to We had the vision, so it. like, yeah, once we open, then we're still looking for new locations because mm-hmm. we know to introduce a new cultures, you actually need a stronger power to really spread out, like in the city, and then people, more accessible locations rather than Best Eye. Because right now, people do travel, like, on G-Train for, like, two hours from Manhattan <laughs> to eat fried rice, but we really want to help people get fried rice easier. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking for locations in this village or city, also Williamsburg. Yeah. There's something we want to do. We want to do different pie, uh, sorry, different types of restaurant too. So right now we're doing mainly grab and go online, mm-hmm. but also want to do some sit down, like you do with the wine pairing, because fried rice is excellent to go with wine and hot liquor like whiskey even cocktails because <laughs> we use a lot of yes. spices in yeah. our fried rice yeah. so actually if you think about that it go well with wine and then actually elevate the whole experience of mm-hmm. eating especially dining dining our uh, new york's actually experience yeah people really enjoy that experience like the sit down and the yes. atmosphere um wow okay i look forward to that yes. as well <laughs> Um, Okay, before we wrap up the show, I have a round of quick fire questions for you. And it's meant to be fun and fast, so please just share what comes to mind first. Um, And you can answer for kanji or fried rice, (laughs) but um, what is the best um, fried rice or kanji you've had um, in New York or outside of New York? Kanji Village, hands down, they do this like super creamy top that, you know, it takes a long time to create. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, fried rice, my dad made the best fried rice, I can't deny <laughs> that. <laughs> but, you know, uh, of course, fan fried rice is like really, 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 really good. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree, the Kanji Village is actually pretty good. Yes. And then, I don't really eat Kanji that often because I pretty much eat rice every day so <laughs> but I do appreciate good kanji but for fried rice I actually really like it Thai restaurant in East Village called uh, Samtam Third. I don't I'm not sure if I pronounced right but they do pretty good Thai fried rice because the the spicy flavor they use is different to the spices that you yeah. guys use yeah. so I actually really enjoy going out there yum um, okay what's the best thing you ate recently it can be out at your restaurant or something you made at home. Uh, uh, you know what? I love sauce. It's like mm-hmm. my thing. So actually, uh, I mean, I, I eat out all the time, but not like this question 
you know, is triggering this sauce that I have. Yeah, <laughs> what's this sauce? Recently. Okay. It is so unique in the sense it was like, it doesn't taste like what it sounds like, uh, but it's oyster base, oyster sauce base. It has a Valentina uh, hot sauce and then um, a little chili um, mm. sriracha sauce. Not sriracha, but the chili one, garlic chili one. Okay. And you just mix it and it's like, Phenomenal! It doesn't even. It has this like deep like umami ness, and it's spicy, and it's got that acid. And I was like, "Ooh, this is so good!" <laughs> so I might actually put that in my kanji. But I was actually eating with a steak that I cooked at home. <laughs> oh, so versatile sauce. Yeah. So I've been uh, playing definitely like with a lot of Asian sauce at home. Uh, just uh, that which I never really did before because I just use it straight. But yeah, yeah. that's something that I'm that's very fun. excited about. It sounds like you like to experiment. In I the really kitchen. do. Yeah, I think in food that's the, my favorite part about working in food. <laughs> yeah, there's no rules there. Yes. <laughs> What's something you had recently, Paul? That was delicious. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I just came back from Sweden. Wow. So, and then it's actually kebab pizza is actually very, very big there. So I had my very first kebab pizza there. Wow, what does that even look like? So, so when in like Europe, they call kebab here, we call Europe like this, mm, uh, the, mm-hmm. the Euro gyro meat. Yeah. So they put this like kebab with Euro with white sauce and like a pizza pie. Wow. So it's actually like, sounds very delicious. I think Roberta should do this. I know. Ooh. So, because oh, yeah. we, 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 we actually, we have like kebab, like gyro fried rice on our menu, which is good. So it was always good to see like a different country that use the same means, but to do a different format of dishes, which is like really learn a lot of the flavor wise. Fun. And to yeah. see that in Sweden too, I didn't I expect that. Um, and besides your own stores, of course, what's a favorite go-to in the Bed-Stuy neighborhood for eating or, or drinking or even shopping? Any recos for those that want to explore Bed-Stuy? Oh, yeah. Like the pizza place, the Speedy Romeo. Oh. Yeah. They're actually from Bed-Stuy mm-hmm. or Clinton Hill, you would say. Okay. That's pretty much my go-to. Try not to go there too often. It's <laughs> a gem you want to yeah. just cherish. Uh, you know, I it's been a long time, you know, establishment, but Peaches, like, they do it right all the time, all the time. Like, we went there when it first opened and on Tompkins, and, uh, you know, we used to do laundry and then go and get beer and then come back. And, and, and that, you know, to this day, the fried chicken is on point. Like, I respect that so much. Like, that is a real craft, you know, uh, discipline and worksmanship. Yeah, and also that um, focus on doing one specific dish really well. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, thanks for all the answers and for sharing your stories with us, you guys. Thanks, Linda. Really love being here. (laughs) All right, that wraps up our show. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your support, and it would mean so much if you could leave us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. That's October 16th with another awesome conversation from the world of Asian food. Feast Meets West is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to find out more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, 
subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.